Stay calm. Don't panic. You got this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Chris Roby. And this is Carly Duke. How are you, Carly? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. This is uh, crazy, but this is our last content episode of the season. I know. Can you believe we're here already? I know. I know. If you, and if you haven't uh, listened to all of our episodes left, we've done a few quote, unquote, or quote, content episodes, unquote. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You got to get that right. Right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, where we kind of take a subject and research it and uh, spend some time talking about it more than just have it interview-driven. Today's going to be a little bit of both, where we're going to talk about a subject and get a few like little sound clips from people who are um, have something very unique to say about this subject. And then we will um, um, they're going to kind of help us along in the conversation. Uh, but Carly, I want to start with just a... I guess, a, not necessarily a scenario, but just something to think through. Um, think about in our the world that we live in, the culture we live in, kind of what's the one place that um, everything comes together? So you have culture, you have academics, you have philosophy, you have social issues, uh, just social interaction, mm-hmm. um, learning. Everything kind of comes together in one specific place. That sounds like a big job it for is. one place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can make arguments that in the past, maybe that was the church mm-hmm. um, or, or, or different organizations where maybe even some of those things were tended to and shepherded. But really, uh, these days, as, as our culture has become more splintered, as we're kind of all over the place, really the, the schools are, the, are kind of the last place where all of these things come together. And not only do all of these issues come together in one spot, uh, but you're also trying to help young people learn and grow in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Wow. Right. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a difficult, it's difficult at best. I would almost say it would be impossible <laughs> to really figure out how to ma- to manage all those things coming in one place. You're juggling a lot of different things and you're juggling them with teenagers in mind right. or younger children who need you to guide them through stuff that is difficult even for adults to try to figure out. Right. And on the elementary level, the ratios are smaller where you've got, you know, less students to adults. But as you get to the middle school and high school age, there are so many more students to the, the versus the ratio of staff that has right. to manage that. And so as an administrator, as counselors, as teachers, um, as janitors at the school, it, it is, it's incredible responsibility to manage all of these things and to also give the students a place where they can learn and grow. Because even now, um, social issues are becoming big on school campuses where administrators don't even have to don't have to just worry about academics, but they have to worry about managing uh, the political winds so to speak. And no matter where you fall on that, that is something that you, that they have to handle along with everything else. So I'm painting this picture for you and for our audience, uh, just to help people understand what a difficult and overwhelming job it has to be, to be a teacher on a school campus. Mm -hmm. And if they have so much weight on their shoulders, so many things that they have to do, let alone teach your kid, what can we do? To help out, and that's what today's episode is about: is, to t- is talking about how can you, the listener of this podcast, 
be a better resource, a better asset for your school district. This is really top of mind for us uh, with Teen Lifeline because this is a big part of what we do. Uh, We are on school campuses every day and Mm -hmm. talking to students and talking to teachers. And one of the great parts about our job that, you know, when I came on, I didn't even really think about much was I get to really be a, a resource for these these counselors and teachers to kind of take a load off of their shoulders. Right. Um, one just brief quote to mention, just kind of to back up this point of sometimes they get a little overwhelmed and maybe overwhelmed is a harsh word, but they're just hungry for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the middle schools that we work with, um, Dawson Middle School and Carol ISD said, um, quote, we are so thankful to have Teen Lifeline available to meet with our students with more demands on the school counselor's time it is great to have a reliable option for help with our students, unquote. <laughs> nice. But um, I just love this quote because it shows that they just want someone to come along with them and help. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to take their job. They still want to have hands-on experience with the students. But they have, they're being pulled in so many directions. And that's where we, as volunteers, parents, youth ministers, can come in and just take a little bit of that burden off of them. Yeah, back when I was in youth work, you know, one of the myths that I bought into – was if a school will not let you come and eat lunch on their campus, then you are not welcome on their campus, hmm. which knowing what I know now seems a little bit foolish. But at the time, that's really what I thought. If I can't do things the way that I know how to do them, then there's not much I can really do. And today's episode will hopefully help you know that there's a ton of stuff that you can do for a district for for a local school that maybe you never thought of before, you are welcome exactly. on these campuses mm-hmm. and you are needed on these campuses. And you might not think you have the time to do it or the ability to do it, but hopefully by the end of this episode, you will know, yeah, I can actually uh, do something with this. Um, want to share our first little mini interview with you. Uh, this guy's name is Kevin Briggins. He's a, uh, an entre- entrepreneur of sorts, um, but really a guy that loves students. Uh, he was a youth pastor for years and took a look at his local school district and thought, hmm, maybe I could be doing something more. And so this is a quick clip from Kevin about his organization called Odyssey Inc. He created and staffs and supports. And he's going to tell us a little bit about Odyssey Inc. in this clip. Check it out. Kevin Briggins of Odyssey. Right. Odyssey. So just tell me a little bit about what you guys do in Fort Worth. So what we do in Fort Worth is we mentor the young men in the district. Um, we do have two programs. We have just a regular male mentoring program where we go into the middle schools, high schools, elementary schools, um, and pull kids for groups. Um, and we have 45-minute groups. And so we have mentoring programs uh, in that aspect, um, on that level. And we also do teenage fatherhood programming in the high schools where we spend 45 minutes with teenage fathers making sure um, that they have the right resources, talking about life, talking about raising their kids, the before and the afters, um, and uh, really just pouring into them so they can be great fathers. Right. So mm-hmm. What got you into this, ma'am? Uh, what got me into it, actually, what really got me into it um, is, and I didn't say this <laughs> earlier oh, okay. off the air, but what yeah. really got me into it was um, when I did start Odyssey, Inc., uh, it was the same year that they were doing Dallas. Dallas was doing Pull Up Your Pants. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why are we going to do a campaign that's going to pretty much give people tickets for pulling up that their pants are down. Mm. And so I really wanted to um, 
educate young men. I really want them to know why. And I think for a lot of it is for our students, we never tell them why. We always tell them to go do it. And mm-hmm. so what I really wanted to do is uh, make sure that they understood the why behind the things that we're asking them to do. Not only that, but unlocking their minds just from what they know to other things that they don't know. Gotcha. So when when you were talking to me earlier about this, you're talking about how it kind of started slow, but now you have more work than you can do, <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, honestly, the, the, the cities, the districts, um, states, they're hungry for help for their children. Mm-hmm. And so when I started in 2009 mentoring in an um, after-school program, it was like, oh, we got a man that's going to mentor. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. get him in whatever, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's help him. Let's get him where he needs, um, get him into a school. And so one, one school after another, they were just picking me up because of the uh, passion that I have for mentoring. Um, and for me and my organization, the flexibility mm-hmm. um, added, added to it too, because I was able to just kind of not just come in and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do, but more so, hey, this is the service that I provide. I really want to help your students. What can we do to partner and work together? And I think that's the biggest thing that really helped me stay relevant and that keeps me um, able to serve the communities because I'm not trying to go in with one mind frame. I'm going in with the heart and the passion to help the students. And then we figure everything else out as we go. Okay. So we'll end with this. So tell me about the why behind this. What 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 drives you? What will get you up in the morning to, to, to go serve in these schools? My why. My why is every time that I talk to a teenage father who thinks his life is over with and I say, hey, man, your life is not on pause and I see their light, their eyes light up, that's my why. Yeah. When I go to a kid who's been expelled, suspended, um, who teachers don't appreciate him for who he is as an individual, but when I come in consistently on a consistent basis and they know they have somebody to talk to, that's my why. When I have a student from middle school that goes to high school that's like where's my mentor call my mentor get my mentor here that's my why our students don't need parent i'm not going to say they don't need parents because of course parenting is good right but parenting is always one way it's not a dialogue in this day age mm-hmm. so um they just need to be heard man and just the just for our, my students that i've touched and been able to mentor and be able to help to see their eyes lighten up and have them have a brighter future mm-hmm. that's my why Okay, so Carly, Kevin talks about um, seeing a need in his district. And matter of fact, he actually talked about something he saw in a separate district from where he works in now over in Dallas and about the pull your pants up campaign and and, and how what he saw there was uh, some injustice for students that he really loved. And he wanted them to know, you know, there are people who care about you. You actually have more agency than you realize here. So Kevin does amazing work all over the city. Um, he is actually known as Mr. Kev. Uh, Mr. Kev. Mr. Kev, yeah. And, and it's really cool to uh, to see that and see that the trust that the district has in him and uh, with the students that he works with. And, and Kevin would tell you he doesn't have any special training or, um, you know, amazing special skills. He just works really hard mm-hmm. and wants to be in those districts. Exactly. So he talks a lot too about the why of why we do this. Um, but next we want to share what can you do if you're sitting there listening to this going like, that's great. I'm motivated, but what can I do on my campus? And um, there are many, many things and we'll go through some of them. But one thing you can do is partner with an organization mm-hmm. that's already on a school campus. So whether that's Teen Lifeline and leading groups, um, communities and schools is an organization that we work with and they have 
staff on campus that then are looking for community Mm -hmm. leaders, community volunteers to come in and work with them and work with the students. Um, So that would be a great... And they're they're nationwide. Yes, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Big Brothers, Big Sisters is another great organization that's nationwide and somewhere that you can plug in and get into school campuses. Yeah. And CIS and Big Brothers, Big Sisters are great because, you know, they're well-established. They've been around a really long time. Big Brothers, Big Sisters obviously is a mentoring organization where they're, and they are always desperate for mentors for people to go into schools, Mm -hmm. um, to find ways to, to help out, um, younger kids who need, uh, mentoring services and CIS we've worked with a lot. And what's really cool about CIS is it's, it's in their charter to get people in their schools. They are, they're right. like, they're, they're like that sponge that just kind of pulls everyone in and they're kind of that central place. And typically you will find CIS, uh, social workers on low income campuses, underserved campuses. Their primary focus is kind of the bottom 10%. The kids who are kind of on the way out the door who are very high risk of dropping out. They're trying to get them to graduate. And so they're, they're going to find any resource they can to, to plug in to help that student to stay in school. Right, exactly. So those are great organizations and resources. We'll have all of their websites on our show notes. So if you want to go mm-hmm. check out our website at the end to get more information about those. Um, but we also ran across a Fort Worth ISD list of services, um, and that will be on those as on the show notes as well. But I think that all of these would apply to any district, but they just give a really great list of here's some things that you could help with. Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't want, Maybe mentoring teenagers isn't where your gift set is. However, maybe you could be a bilingual assistant. Maybe you could help with campus beautification if you really love gardening and that kind of thing, and you can just help bring beauty to a campus. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you're a business person who wants to be a classroom speaker and come talk to kids or help out in the copy room or the library or with lunch and just kind of be a force behind them. Um, photography, parent organizations, PTO, PTA, that's on every campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a way to get involved and to ask, okay, how can I help? Um, So we just wanted to throw out a few things, whether it's tutoring or just using your gifts that you can find a job on a school campus. It doesn't have to be mentoring. It doesn't have to be leading groups. It doesn't have to be even what Mr. Kev was doing. Mm -hmm. But you can find something that you're already good at and maybe just take an hour a week or maybe a couple hours every few months or every semester, whatever it looks like for you, but to go onto a campus. It could be even as simple as I can make copies. Exactly. <laughs> There's one of the high schools that we work at has a copy room that's going all day long. I mean, it's just a huge copy machine just making copies and they're organizing and sorting them. And they have volunteers that come in and kind of help relieve that load. So the copy, the copy attendant can, can do more things. And so the things that seem so small – really make a big impact, you know, and when you think back to kind of how we open this, of this overwhelming, you know, kind of central place where all these things are converging, um, all this help is needed and welcomed. Right. And so we're going to kick off our second quote. Um, and this is from Jason Herman, who is the youth minister. Do you know his official title now? It's changing constantly. Yeah, I think he's the the lead. The lead, pastor, yeah. yep, mm-hmm. at the Hills Church um, here in Fort Worth, North, North Richland Hills area. Um, but I got to sit down and talk to him from a youth ministry and a church perspective of what can you do in schools and how can you get out in the community. So check this clip out. 
I really think as student ministers, most of the time we think that when we go to a campus or a public school, that we're there to try and get students to come to our church. But really, I believe the attitude should be more that we need to be a resource. If we want to have an impact in the world, that we need to make ourselves a resource to public schools. And um, one of the ways that I do that is I just simply show up. I ask administrators, I ask teachers, what do you need? And I just look for ways to serve them. And then there's a couple of ways that I do that. Uh, one of the ways is through Teen Lifeline, and I absolutely love working with teen dads. And so I've been leading a teen dads group at Haltom High School for two years now and have developed relationships with those dads. And really it's about them becoming comfortable with you and us sharing our stories together and really listening to what's going on in their lives. And as you listen to them and as you get to know them, opportunities come up where you can serve and show them the love of Christ. Even if you never say the name of Jesus to them, they know that I'm a student minister. They know that I work at the Hills Church. And I think there's one lesson in particular where it asks, what resources do you need that would make your life better? And in that time, I saw an opportunity. And so I took some of the things that they had written down. It was around Thanksgiving. And so we took those and partnered with one of the ministries in our church and simply provided those resources to these dads. And it took our relationship to a whole nother level. And that just leads to more things. I think now I've done two weddings from teen dads. I've been to baby showers. I've been invited to their homes. Um, even without saying or inviting them to come to church, they've wanted to know more about the story of Jesus. And a couple of those families do attend the hills. And not because I asked them to come here, but just because I listened. Um but making yourself a resource at a public school might mean simply bringing donuts to the workroom and where teachers can go in, a place where they go sometimes to get away, sometimes to decompress and just providing donuts or coffee there. Uh, a lot of times I'll do that after my dad's group. They love to eat, and so the extra donuts I have, I leave those for the teachers and counselors there. Um, becoming a character coach and simply speaking life into the athletes. I, I volunteer for the Richland High School soccer team and the head coach there, Matt Snow, and the assistant coach, Corey Denson. We've become very good friends. And it's just being a resource and doing whatever they ask me to do and uh, really getting to know the athletes, getting to know the coaches, and being present. Um, it's those things, trying to be there without an agenda and simply love them, and simply make myself available. And when opportunities come up, when things uh, are stated where a teacher says they need something, just trying to find a way to make that happen. And I think that's a way that we as student ministers can have an impact in, in the community, but that anybody could. I just love um, the way that Jason talks about the opportunities that he saw, and he took advantage of every opportunity, mm -hmm. even small things that I wouldn't have even thought of, of having donuts left over, yeah. and that he took those to the teacher's lounge. And I'm sure they appreciate that, Absolutely. just that small act. Um, so just he asked for needs, and then he provided them. Mm -hmm. And that's a great example 
to me who might go into a school and say, here's how I'm helping. Here we go. Mm -hmm. But he just said, what do you need? Right. And I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity that is put in front of me. Right. And that's what, that's really what this takes is being willing to take advantage of opportunities and opportunities don't always mean standing up and speaking in front of the whole student body. Right. It could be anything. And I, I love the idea of campus beautification. Like you talked about earlier about, I can plant some flowers or I can, you know, do this. And it, it you, you would think that uh, they're going to say no to that because of legal reasons or whatever. And usually they're not going to Usually they're going to say, yeah, come on, you know, this is where we need help. We'll put you there. You know, a lot of, a lot of school campuses have, they want volunteers so badly that they actually have volunteer coordinators who are mm-hmm. on staff on the district looking for people to do that. So let's do this, Carl. Let's, um, Talk specifics, just like, you know, let's, let's give some steps okay. here, here. Here's, here's some ways that you can, here's kind of the path to get into a school. Um, first of all is kind of identifying the school, you know, where, where do you, where do you want to, to, to serve? Um, and this is a, this is an interesting conversation because a, a lot of the people that I talk to who say, I want to be involved with the school, um, want to be involved with their kid's school. Or um, if you're a pastor, maybe the school where your kids go, you know, a lot of your students go or basically where you have the most influence. But let's say you are, uh, you know, you're a dad whose kids go to school in in a different town than where you actually work. So like, for instance, here in Fort Worth, a lot of guys work downtown where their kids go to school in a suburb. So you would say, well, I can't drive all the way back to my kid's school to volunteer. Well, if you, if you look at a map compared to where you work, we can almost guarantee you within five to 10 minutes of your workplace, there's a school or five. Yeah. (laughs) Five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you would be shocked, especially in a metropolitan area, how many schools there actually are. Hmm. And, you know, within the stone's throw of where you work. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, okay, if I can't work there, then maybe on my lunch break once a week, I can run down to this local school, volunteer in the cafeteria, see what they need, see how I can help. Um, a lot of um, businesses have volunteer, uh, you know, require volunteer hours or encourage their their uh, their workers to be a part of a of, of some kind of volunteer program. That's an easy way to do that. Um, so figure out what campus you want to be on. Um, well, and I just love that idea of if every adult or every even parent said, I'm going to volunteer at a school near me, whether or not that's my kid's school, mm-hmm. that means that there are going to be people that work around your child's school that are going to be volunteering mm-hmm. and pouring into their life. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not pouring into their exact school, you are doing a service to the students in your area. You're helping grow um, and develop kids and teenagers who are going to grow into de- into adults and give back to our, your city, your state, our country. And so I think it's a great service. Yeah. And I would also say too, you know, especially if you're looking at metropolitan areas where people commute to their works, a lot of times they do not know much about the areas in which they work. Mm -hmm. They know where they live, but where they work, it might be a totally different deal. So this is an opportunity for you to get to know the needs and the challenges facing the students in your in the local area where you work. Exactly. Because I guarantee if you go and, and monitor a lunchroom or you go and help out in the office, you're going to find out pretty quick what's going on <laughs> in that area and the specific needs they have. And you can bring those back to your place of employment and say, Hey, we got kids in the school that aren't eating at night. Right. What can we do to help out with that? And so, you know, service, beget service, beget service, more and more mm-hmm. things that you can do. And to that, um, 
you know, we, we encourage you to offer a service and not going in to save the place, but you're mm-hmm. offering what you have. Uh, so you're going to, so we encourage you to serve uh, and not save and not really incorporate your own agenda um, because they really just need you to take something off of their plates to, to, to help them out with that. So once you decide what campus you want to be on, decide, you know, what you have to offer. Um, this is a really practical step, um, but we encourage you to do it before you even go onto the campus and ask to help is to fill out a volunteer application. Mm-hmm. Majority of districts will have an online deal where you can fill out and they do a background check on you. And so when you go into the school, you can say, Hey, I'm already background check with the district. I'm ready to go. Right. It shows you're serious. You're ready to go. And just Google blah, 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 ISD volunteer. Mm-hmm. And that will pull up. I'm sure I did this the other day with probably eight or 10 districts. Mm-hmm. And every single time it pulled up the volunteer page, the steps to apply to be a volunteer. And usually it's just a quick online form where you fill out your name and a few other questions. Yeah, Real wor- easy. In worst case scenario, if it's a smaller district that doesn't have a lot of online capability, then you might have to run by the school and fill out like a paper form. Um, but that still gets you on that campus and they still see you make taking that initiative to mm-hmm. get that filled out. So that seems like a, a like a well dub, but if you actually get that done ahead of time, it makes you uh, it makes things a lot smoother when it comes time and people seeing like Carly said, you're serious about this. Uh, and finally, uh, as we've said quite a few times, just contact the campus and ask, how can I help? And so depending on what service you feel like you're going to provide, if it is more in the um, uh, mental health side, um, talk to the counseling staff and really the counseling staff and, and the school nurse tend to have a really good pulse mm-hmm. on what's going on with the students, especially the needs of the students. And so they're really good people to talk to about that. If there, if there are, are needs that you can meet, especially if you're trying to do, you know, bring lunches up or provide food for kids who are hungry. Um, if there's, if, if you feel like administrative work is really more your, your, your pace, go to the, go to the main office, say, Hey, I'm, I'm signed up as a, a volunteer. How can I help you? Right. Um, the the front desk person typically knows where to point you in those situations. Um, talk about who not to talk to. Um, we talk about this a lot, but we would suggest do not go talk to the principal or the superintendent, even if they're your best friend. Um, they have a lot going on, and they have to look at overall the school. And so we would encourage you to find out who you're actually going to be helping. Mm -hmm. So like Chris said, if that's going to be the administrative office, go to them and ask, okay, how can I help? Or if it's going to be a counselor, if you want to do more mentoring stuff, go to the counselor and ask, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Um, But those kind of top administrative people aren't always going to know where to place you. They'll be excited that you want to help on their campus, but they're not necessarily going to know exactly what you can do. And so we would encourage you to ask the person that would be able to help that. Right. Right. So our final uh, interview that we'll play here is uh, from Dr. David Fraze. And you'll recognize that name. If you listen to our podcast phrase was in, we interviewed him the fourth, I believe. Yeah. Maybe something fifth. Like that. yeah it's, it's all running, kind of running together. He talked a lot about uh, uh, adolescents and how to help navigate them through the transitions of their lives. Uh, Dr. Fraze is uh, the head of character coaching for uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the DFW area. It's kind of the other half of his job from Lubbock Christian University. He actually talks about that a little bit. But uh, Dr. Fraze is going to talk a little bit about his role with uh, character coaching and the impact that he's seen on their local campuses. So check it out. All right, I'm with Dr. David Fraze. Uh, Fraze, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do 
uh, with FCA. And, awesome. Yeah. I'm the director of the character coaching program for uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes in DFW. And uh, I started down that road because uh, about six years ago, I started volunteering at the local high school and started uh, finding a way to navigate UIL rules and Title IX rules and just became a, uh, a coach of character, if you will, assisting that football program, the baseball program, and spread on to other um, sports programs. But also it, it began to influence the school. And uh, probably about year and a half ago, I realized, hey, that's an actual position with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. <laughs> and I, it, I didn't realize that uh, it had a title. They had a position called character coach. And so I'd been doing that job for about six years with this team and learning how to navigate the public school through the sports arena. And, man, I just I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. So what impact have you seen at, um, at the high school you worked oh, at? Oh, absolutely. Most, yeah. Well, the, and it's funny, the impact, not only have I been able to speak into the lives of uh, student athletes and school people on the high school level, but it trickles down into the middle school because I'm able to assist our coach with our character initiatives and the kind of athletes we want, so it, it trickles down into our feeder schools. But um, the impact is if a kid's having trouble with substance, if he's having troubles at home, if he's having troubles with grades, if he's having troubles with girlfriends, um, if he's having troubles with pornography, I mean, a number of things we've dealt with. But when the kid has struggles, they can come to me and talk to me. Uh, and even if a kid, for instance, we have kids who have been um, in trouble with substance. And quite often the coach and I will work together to get that student the help they need um, to try to divert them from a path until, you know, sometimes kids get caught and the coach's hands are tied and mm-hmm. school has to do what they have to do. Uh, but even in those situations, um, I have access because of my relationship with the team to go to alternative school and visit with them and visit with the families and get them the assistance they need so they can rejoin the team, but also rejoin you know the school. And so it's a great partnership. I basically made myself a resource to the school. And um, it's it's been really a pretty cool situation. So the impact for the student, but also the impact to the families because it raises the level of – of, um, I guess, of impact when it goes to the idea of character in sports, that mm-hmm. this is the kind of team we're going to be, and we have Dave working with us because this is important to us. So it gives more credibility to the school, it gives more credibility to the coach, and we all work in a great team together. Okay, Fraze really uh, did a great job talking about what he does with these schools. I love how he sees the big picture that, you know, if a kid is struggling with drugs or alcohol, that he can really play a unique role in getting him, him or her, the services they need, working with those coaches, helping, you know, if you hear this common theme, take a load off their shoulders a little bit, make things a little bit easier and then help students know what does it take to be an, a, an athlete in this organization? What do I need to do? And, and being that character coach. So phrase, it was really, it's really cool. That he was doing something, as a volunteer that he didn't realize was actually a job. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's doing it for a living, which actually that's how I came to teen lifeline. I was doing something as a volunteer that I didn't know would actually ever be a job. And so it's kind of a cool thing as well. So guys, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this, um, <clears throat> I hope that you are motivated that, okay, I can actually be in these schools that I'm actually needed that even if the common narrative is, you know, they don't need me in schools. 
um, maybe you're not looking in the right place or maybe you're not talking to the right people. Because every time we've gone to a school and said we can help, um, nine times out of ten they're like, yeah, come on. And usually it's because we offer, we're offering something. Right. It's not just we're saying, hey, what can I do? You know, I'm, I'm here. But you say, this is what I bring to the table. Because we all bring something to the table, even as small as, you know, as small as it could be. So we want to encourage you guys to, to, to take a step and be bold. Uh, be willing to be in these campuses. Be willing to sacrifice a little bit of time every week to do this, to invest back into your community, uh, to support these teachers, these administrations that are right on the front lines of culture, education, academics, social, everything in these places. Um, they need your help and want you there. Yes, exactly. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being involved in your community and just taking a moment to really care about teens um, and their future as well. Yep. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. The Don't Panic Podcast is produced by Teen Lifeline. Your hosts are Chris Roby and Carly Duke with special support from Ricky Lewis. The music you heard today comes from Under the Chandeliers. You can find them on SoundCloud or Spotify. If you want to check out today's notes and resources, visit our website, don'tpanicpodcast.org. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Don't Panic Talk. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't panic. You've got this. Hi, my name is Becca, and all my professors at Lubbock Christian University know it. I never realized what a difference it would make attending a smaller university. I've traveled the world, and I've had leadership opportunities you can only find at a place like LCU. I know that my experience at Lubbock Christian University is what gave me the edge to be hired right after graduation. Believe. Belong. Be blue. That's Lubbock Christian University. Do not panic.